This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air. Good afternoon, Great Power Hastings, Great Power Hastings and District Association. Uh, this afternoon, Ron Wilkins, the President, is speaking with Nicola McNally from Gifford and Devine, a firm of solicitors, and we're going to be talking about wills and power of attorneys. Good afternoon, uh, Nicola. Welcome aboard. And uh, can you just do a brief introduction about yourself and the firm? Sure. Good afternoon, Ron. My name's Nicola, uh, and uh, yes, I work for Gifford Devine Lawyers. I am a senior associate at Gifford Divine Lawyers and part of what we do uh, is we see clients often when they are wanting to make a will or um, or come in and talk to us about enduring powers of attorney. Excellent. Excellent. Now, why do we need a will, Nicola? Well, look, I think no matter what your circumstances are, Ron, having a current will provides clear directions, really, in terms of what you would like to happen with your estate upon your death. Um, now, your estate includes your assets, that's the things you own, and your liabilities, so any debts you might owe when you die. And it can be very difficult for your loved ones if you pass away without a will and without clear instructions regarding your estate because in that situation, the law has to step in and decide who is entitled to share your estate. And that may not be in accordance with how you actually want it to be distributed. Right. What's involved in setting it up, Nicola? What's, um, can you explain that to our, list, our members? Sure. Well, well, look, anyone who is 18 years old or over and of sound mind can make a will. Now, to be valid, your will must be in writing and it must be signed at the end by you, that's the will maker, and by two witnesses. And all three, the will maker and the witnesses, must be present together in the room with all three seeing each other sign the will. And when you make a will, you must have legal capacity and that's the ability to be able to, to make and communicate your own decisions. And it must be intended by you to take effect as a will. And look, it is a good idea to engage a lawyer to prepare a will because it will help ensure that it is legally correct and protect it from, say, being challenged. And before you go to your lawyer... It's a, it's a good idea to think about what you own and how do you own it. So, for example, are your assets owned jointly or in your own name? So the things that you might include in your will then, first of all, you might want to revoke any earlier wills and then you would look to appoint someone to be your executor or executors and they are responsible for administering your estate 
when you die. It's a good idea to put in your will directions for funeral funeral arrangements. Uh, for example, if you want to be cremated or buried, perhaps. Some people put directions of whether they want to donate any body parts to research or for medical use. And, and one of the, the key things in your will, obviously, is, is directions regarding who is to inherit your property and your possessions. And then often we see the appointment of a testamentary guardian or guardians for your children, if you've got young children, what you want to happen in terms of their care when you pass away. And then often you see if you want to provide the children financially in your will, you could establish a trust. So, for example, your will could provide that when a child reaches a certain age, at 18 or 21, they will be paid a certain amount, and that at that time, the trustee, who is usually your executor or executors, must invest the money and hold it on the child's behalf. And it's common to provide that a trustee can also pay some of the amount to the child beneficiary for their welfare including living and education costs before they reach, say, 18 or 21 or whatever age you have provided. Now, as you've, um, you've explained all of that excellent, and I, now I come to the point where uh, at the last minute something could happen and you want to alter your will, say, on your actual dying bed, is that possible? Look, it is possible, but only as long as you have mental capacity to do so. So you can change your will at any time as long as you're able to make decisions and communicate your decisions clearly. Um, and you can do that by changing your will and making a new one altogether, being careful, of course, to revoke any previous will or you can change your will by completing what's called a, a supplementary document called a codicil, and that must be signed and witnessed in the same way as, as a will. And that can vary or add to your will and is treated legally as part of your will. Right. Now you've come across that's excellent. That's covered all of that. Now, of course, um, uh, it comes to the cost. Now, um, we know we're going to be talking to you about enduring power of attorney and also uh, in relation to property. And, of course, uh, if you do the whole three, obviously it would be a cheaper um, way of doing it. But just um, if someone just only wants to do a will, what are we looking at price-wise? Look, I, I think it depends on the complexity of your will, really. There are a wide range of charges out there uh, and I think the best idea is when you ring your lawyer to make an appointment to ask them what, they'll have a standard rate they often yes. charge ask them what that is yes. and then they can they can give you an indication of how much it might cost and I, I think you're right, often law firms will provide some sort of discount if you're if you're entering into other documentation at the same time uh, or if, say, you're undertaking another transaction at the same time. Yeah, your firm um, looked after myself uh, and um, we did the three and, of course, then I'm also 
the power of attorney uh, for my 91-year-old brother. And, of course, um, we did the uh, relation to property and his will, and, of course, we got a good deal with you, your firm as well. So uh, that's excellent. Now, we'll go on to the next one, enduring power of attorney. Um, this is in relation to personal care and welfare. Can you tell me why it is important that one has this? I know under my own self why we've undertaken it with ourselves and with my older brother, but just let our um, members and uh, kidnapper listeners know uh, for their benefit as well. Sure. Well, I think just generally we all know life can be a bit uncertain at times and anyone at any stage can have an accident or have a serious illness. And in in those circumstances, someone needs to make sure you are being looked after and being properly cared for, and someone also needs to make sure that the mortgage and the bills are being paid during that time. So there are yes, two types of enduring powers of attorney, um, one for personal care and welfare and one for property. And so I'll talk about the enduring power of attorney in relation to personal care and welfare first. Yes. This only comes into effect if you become mentally incapable. Right. And you can only appoint one person to be your personal care and welfare attorney, and they can only make important decisions if a doctor has signed a certificate to say you are mentally incapable of making decisions for yourself. And I think it's important to realise that your attorney's paramount consideration is to promote and protect your welfare and best interests. So in a circumstance where you've lost capacity, you're not able to make decisions for yourself, your attorney for personal care and welfare are concerned with questions like where you might live and whether you are being properly cared for. Right. So um, this would be similar to setting up a, a will, would it? In terms of setting it up... Uh, Look, again, yes, you can sign an enduring power of attorney if you are over 18 and you must be competent at the time you sign it. Um, you need to cancel any previous enduring power of attorney um, if you have one. And there is a special form that you need to complete which your lawyer could prepare and guide you through. Um, there are some strict rules about who can witness your signature. So your lawyer can help you with that and your, they must, your witness must give you an explanation of the effects and implications of the enduring power of attorney and advise you fully. Uh, so, but you do need to think carefully about who you want to appoint as your personal care and welfare attorney because they need to be someone you can trust to do the right thing and your lawyer will be able to assist you with deciding who might be practical given those, uh, given your personal circumstances. And it's also a good idea to check with the person you intend to name as your attorney and just make sure they are willing to act because they have to sign the same document as you and accept the appointment. And you can appoint a successor attorney or attorneys if your attorney is unable or unwilling to act. And you can also add some conditions, such as directing that your attorney must consult with named members of your family. Um, you could provide that your attorney gives certain information to named members of your family. 
Right. Now, uh, in my, my brother's instance, because I was dealing personally with Gifford and Divine, uh, my brother then had to get another solicitor to do the witnessing because um, we couldn't use the same firm. Can you just explain that to our listeners that, um, yes, you can still use your, your family solicitor, uh, but uh, they would then have to have another solicitor from another firm to come in and do the witnessing. Is that correct? Correct. So your lawyer can advise you about the explanation of and effects and implications of the enduring power of attorney and witness your signature, but they must be independent of your attorney and your attorney must have a separate witness. Right. Often from, say, another law firm. Yes. That's what happened, and um, that, that went across okay. Now, um, same thing again. Um, how often is it there that we should update? Or, or you know, I, I think my, so, you know, your firm told us every five years. Yes, correct. Yeah, like, like your will, uh, it is a good idea to review regularly, perhaps every five years. Um, it's a good idea to update, obviously, if your personal circumstances change or those of your attorneys change yes and I think also it's important to note that you can cancel your enduring power of attorney at any time but giving your attorney notice of cancellation and writing uh, you could suspend your enduring power of attorney by notice and writing to the attorney at any time for example if you were if you had been incapacitated for a time and they were acting but then you came right again and you were able to make your own decisions, you can suspend it for a period too. Right. Um, so again, that's the old question again, uh, can that be changed if you're of sound mind at the last minute, uh, you want to alter and um, grant money to some other association like St John's or something like that rather than split it up amongst your um, living relatives? Well, remember we're talking at the moment about enduring powers of attorney for personal care and welfare so we're just talking about um, directions in terms of for you someone who will look after your personal care and welfare matters if you were mentally incapable to do so and look if if you decided that you wanted to change who your attorney was you can of course do that at any time whilst you still have mental capacity to do so Um, As long as you can convey instructions clearly at that time, you can make a change to to who your attorney is. Now we'll go we'll go go on now because we'll um, miss the costing out on this one at this stage and go now to um, the powers of enduring power of attorney in relation to property. Can you uh, just um, give us why do we need that as well? Sure. So as I sort of intimated before when we were talking generally about enduring powers of attorney, you know, someone if, if you have an accident or a serious illness, uh, someone needs to make sure that the mortgage and the bills are paid uh, and an enduring power of attorney in relation to property, when we're talking about property, we, we're talking about everything that you own. That's including your bank accounts and your investments and real estate. And an enduring power of attorney, when you when you sign this document in relation to property, it can come into effect immediately if you wish, appointing an attorney, a property attorney or attorneys, 
or you can provide that it only comes into effect if you are mentally incapable and you can name more than one attorney and you can decide whether those attorneys, if you appoint more than one, you can provide in, in the document whether they must act jointly. So that means they must both decide uh, when decisions are made regarding a property or you could provide that they can make decisions separately. So that means they can act together on decisions regarding your property or potentially separately regarding decisions on your property. Uh, but it's important to note that your attorney's paramount consideration is to use your property to promote and protect your best interest. Right. Now, uh, what is um, involved in setting it up is obviously similar to the other two wills and, and um, a power of attorney, I would say. Yes, like, like the enduring power of attorney in relation to personal care and welfare, it's, it's all very similar. Uh, you must be competent. Um, your signature must, must be witnessed by a lawyer or a qualified legal executive or an authorised representative of a trustee corporation, and they must be independent of the attorney, um, like we spoke about with the personal care and welfare one. Um, you do need to think carefully about who you want to appoint as your property attorney or attorneys. Uh, they need to be people you can trust. And again, your lawyer or trusted advisor can assist you with deciding who might be practical given your circumstances. And you can appoint, again, a successor attorney or attorneys if your attorney that you appoint in the first instance is unable or unwilling to act. Now, a couple of other things to note with property is you, you can provide that your enduring power of attorney in relation to property just applies to all of your property or only to some of your property and you could impose conditions directing who your property attorney must consult with or who they should give information to. So for example you might provide that they have to provide financial statements or reports to, to named persons or family members and I think it's really important that once you've appointed someone as your property attorney you should make sure that they know what property you have, where you keep your relevant documents and what your wishes would be in certain circumstances if you were unable, obviously, to make decisions for yourself. Right, so now again, um, uh, that would apply, you know, how often do we need to update, provided that you are of um, sound mind, again, would uh, a five-year term uh, be okay uh, as the previous uh, two um, situations? Yes, I think so. Obviously, if, if your circumstances change significantly as well um, within that period in terms of what you own or what you would like to happen um, or the circumstances of your attorney. So that, that it's important to, to review if, if circumstances change as well. Right. Now, now we go on to the cost side. Um, as you mentioned, it pays for to ask this when you first ring up to inquire with a lawyer. Um, so that is the main point that our members should understand. Get some quotes uh, before they decide to proceed. Would you go along with that? Absolutely, yes. Uh, again, it depends on, on the complexity of your situation and the clauses or conditions you need, but in most cases, your lawyer will be able to give you an upfront fee at the beginning. 
uh, and they should be able to give you a fee for, for either one enduring power of attorney or two, especially if you're doing one uh, for personal care and welfare and one for property at the same time. Five minutes, right. Ron. Now, just um, uh, to finish off, um, you know, in the five-year period, if nothing's changed, but just to be on site, uh, if one rang up and said, look, nothing's changed, um, uh, would there be a cost involved uh, uh, in that phone call or, or personal visit um, to the lawyer? Look, usually most law firms will review on a five-year cycle anyway. I know at Gifford Divine we review certainly our wills on a five-year cycle, so we would often send you out a letter at that time to remind you that it's been five years, is there anything that you would like to look at, review or change? A quick phone call uh, would be unlikely to cost you anything. Um, obviously, if you would come in and review review your will and needed some changes, then just have a chat to your lawyer at that time about what it might cost. And again, they should be able to give you an a estimate from the beginning as to how much it will cost to to make the review and, and, and put it into place. Right. So at the, at the end of this um, um, session, then it pays A, to have a will, to B, to have endure power of attorney and see uh, one in relation to property and to advise our members uh, that they should uh, think about it over the five years and make notes uh, just to be on the safe side and at the end of the day a phone call to the lawyer or in your case your firm sends out a, a, a nice little letter uh, which I will be receiving shortly personally myself and if we don't have anything to change, we just acknowledge that and we just wait for another uh, five-year term. Is that correct? That's correct, Ron, yes. All right, then, uh, Nicola, that's been marvellous and um, I thank you for your time and I'm sure our listeners out there will be very pleased and understand and hopefully uh, it could generate businesses out uh, out there for everybody of um, Grey Power and Radio Kidnappers listeners. Thank you very much for your time this afternoon, Nicola. You're welcome, Ron. Nice to talk today.
This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air.